been at uh, this camp that we Camp Syokomo, and it's down in Carthage, and there's no phone reception there at all. And Cindy's phone would go out about 11 o'clock every day or noon and kind of come in and out, but her phone was just searching all the time, just searching for reception. And uh, we go to bed late and we get up. Them kids, I don't understand why, you know, kids don't want to get up, but yet there was about five or six that wanted to get up at like six o'clock every morning, and then they thought it was their duty to wake everybody else up. And then they all get up and there's no way to sleep, and so you have to get up. And uh, then you go to bed really late at night, and you're busy all day. And I'll be honest with you, that is not conducive to sermon preparation. And so I sat in, I always took a chair, and there was a couple hours in there during the day. And so for two days, I'd kind of set aside, tried to get my thoughts together, and there'd be kids running by and and uh, all this stuff. And so I got kind of started in one direction. And uh, then yesterday, the the last speech that the the guy gave, I thought, man, that's that's where I need to go. And so I threw away everything that I had come up with. And uh, so anyway, what I'm saying is this sermon is what it is. But it was for me. I had to... I've had to pray through this morning as I've gone through this. And so anyway, we're going to be in Numbers 14 today. Let's all stand in honor of God's Word. This is my Bible, the living Word of God. I am what it says I am. I can have what it says I can have. I can do what it says I can do. This Word is the truth. It never changes. It can never be destroyed. Right now, my mind is alert. My heart is open. I'm about to receive a life-changing experience. I will never be the same in Jesus' name. In the chapter before this, uh, they've sent in the 12 spies to go into the land of Canaan. They've all looked around. They've been in there for 40 days. They all come back. Ten of them say, I don't want to be part of this. We can't do this. They're too big. They're too strong. We're, we're, they're big. We're little. We can't do it. But Joshua and Caleb said, let's, let's go in and take it. God's given it to us. And this is the response of that night. They've come and brought the report, and the people have heard, and they're all upset. And this is what happens. That night, all the people of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron, and the whole assembly said to them, If only we had died in Egypt. Do you remember Egypt? Now, this song, the song was talking about Egypt. They were slaves. And where does it, why does it matter where you die anyway? Who cares? I mean, but these guys, if only we had died a slave. This is what they're saying. This is how ridiculous it is. Or in this desert. Why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and children will be taking us, plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to each other, we should choose a leader and go back. And maybe they'll give us our old jobs back. Your old job was a slave. This is how, this is how bleak things are, are. Then Moses and Aaron fell face down in front of the whole Israelite assembly. Gathered there Joshua son of Nun and Caleb son of Jephunneh. 
who were, who were among those who had explored the land, tore their clothes and said to the entire Israelite assembly, the land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and will give it to us. Only do not rebel against God and do not be afraid of the people of the land because we will swallow them up. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. You see, everybody else saw the problem, and these guys saw the power of God. And that was what this guy was talking about. He said, they, said we, we sometimes focus on the problem, and we forget about the power of God. So I want us to, I'm going to go look at that a little bit deeper this morning as we go to God's Word. So let's pray. Father, we come to you today. And Father, it's easy to see the problems in our lives. And Father, sometimes those things stack up and stack up and stack up. And that's all we can see. And Father, today I pray that in each home, in each life, and Father, help us as the church united today to see the power of God is greater than whatever the problem is. And so, Father, we need you to come and speak to us through your Holy Spirit, as you already have today, Father. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Have you ever heard someone say, you can't see the forest for the trees? I'm going to tell you, I have never understood that saying. You can't see the forest for the trees. I don't even know what that means. But I think sometimes, I think maybe it means you can't see what's real because of what in, what's in front of you is so close that you can't see what's coming. I think sometimes because of the way life is and because sometimes things start stacking on top of us, we see the problems and we don't see the power of God. And so, like I said, this story is these guys, they've sent 12 spies in there. And I'm going to tell you, you ever wonder why they did that? I'm going to tell you, just, just me, uh, I think this was somewhat of an act of rebellion. I don't know. But I, I guess they were sending them in there just to make sure that what God said was true. God says that he will give us this land, but we're just going to go and make sure that God can handle getting us in there. We're just going to go make sure that, that, that God knows what he's doing, and, and we're just going to check God's work. Do you think God's work needs checking? Do you think God needs, needs our approval for anything? I better, we better go check it out, sure, out first to make sure that God knows what he's talking about. You know, you never see this when they come up to the Red Sea. They get back down in that corner there, and you don't see them saying, you know what? I just want to make sure that God can get us. They were just beside themselves. And God, and I have to, under, I have to wonder, do you, do you people not remember anything? I mean, they had their back against the Red Sea, and God parts the Red Sea. You know, the song this morning is remember. All throughout the Bible it says remember. We need to remember what God did for us. The Israelites would have been well, uh, it would have been good for them to have remembered. We got our backs against the Red Sea, and God parted it. I think he can get us into this land of milk and honey. I think he can probably be with us. We've seen him feed us and take us all on this big, long picnic, and he provides us bread every day out of nowhere. So I think he can take care of us, but they forgot that. 
And I think that happens in our own lives. We, the problems of life come and, and finances and jobs and people and kids and things like that start piling in on us. And we forget what God has done for us in the past. And you say, well, nothing ever like this happened in my life. Folks, this is our story too. Do you understand that? That the story of the Jewish God is the story of our God. This is our story. This is our God doing these things. We can go back and say, our God parted the Red Sea. Our God took care of the children of Israel. That's our God too. But I'm sure there's things in your own life that you can go back to and said, right there is a point where God came and God changed things and God made things better. And I think it's a bad thing when we forget those things and we quit living like the power of God is stronger than the problems that we have. I can't think that, that I, I just don't understand why people get to that place there where they, they didn't think that God could get them through. I think we forget that that, that is the God that we still serve. He, uh, they, they forgot that, that God had freed them, and they forgot that he had got them where they were. And so they decided that they would go into this land and do a 40-day feasibility study, is what it really was. It's a feasibility study. God says, okay, I'm going to take you, and I'm going to give you this, and I'm going to divide it all up, and everybody's, and they'll say, well, we're just going to go see if that's feasible. Of course it wasn't feasible. It's not, with God, it's not about feasible. God doesn't look at something and say, well, I just don't know where, Holy Spirit, do you think we can do this? Do you know that God never looks at anything and says, you know, Holy Spirit and Jesus, let's all get together here in the triune, and let's do a feasibility study. If you can do anything, and if you are all-powerful, and if you are all-knowing, you don't do feasibility studies. You just do whatever you want to do. And God didn't go together and say, well, I just don't know how we're going to do this. God just does. But we come along, and, and, and after God speaks, we say, well, we're just going to make sure that what you've said is, is going to work out. You know how arrogant we are, how arrogant of people we are, and how little faith we have? The main thing in life is to know what did God say. And if God has said it, then we go. And that's it. We don't have to do Now, does that mean that God says, you know, we count costs and some things like that? That doesn't mean we just go off and be stupid. But God, but we don't go and say, well, I don't know whether God can do this or not. I don't know whether God can take care of me or not. God has called us, and when God speaks, then we go. You have to, you have to realize that these guys were slaves, and, and somehow or another they had forgot. They were slaves to the greatest country at that time in the world. The most powerful country in the world at that time were holding them as slaves. They had the best army. They had the the best weapons, they were the richest country in the world. And when Israel walked out, they looted that place. They literally, God said, ask them for all their gold and stuff, and they gave it to them because they wanted rid of them. They were like, hey, can, can we have that? You know, you got a nice clock on the mound there. Can we have it? Take it. Get out. We're sick of you. That's what God did, and they forgot. Don't forget what God has done for you. 
Don't forget what God has done in your life. And we don't need to get in the place because when we forget what God has done for us, then we forget what God can do for us. And we look at things and we say, well, we, we won't be able to do this. These 10 guys said, we can't do this. But you know what they were really saying? God can't do this. That's what they were really saying. They were saying, oh, we can't do These guys are so big, we can't do this. But what they were really saying was, God can't do this. God will not be able to prevail in this situation. And you have to understand what they're really saying is that God is going to be, is not going to be able to prevail over man in this situation. So what they're really saying is God is going to be defeated by man here. Man can't defeat God. You understand that? Man can't defeat God. Man is never going to defeat God. God always wins. But what they were saying is that in this situation, man's actions will be so powerful that God will not be able to overcome. Do you understand how foolish that is? I always like to, and I don't want to encourage you to, I mean, I don't want to discourage you from coming to the altar, but I usually try to repeat back what people say. And one day when I was down at the altar, one of the, this lady said, I'm, I'm having trouble finding a job, and I, I just don't know if, if, if I'll be able to ever find a job. And I said, okay, so what you're saying is, is that God is not going to be able to find you a job. I just repeated back what she said. And she goes, well, when you say it like that, it just <laughs> it doesn't sound very nice. And I said, well, that's what you're saying. The God who owns everything and has everything and can do everything, he's not going to be, in, in this situation, he's not going to be able to prevail. In this situation, God's just going to stand there and go, I'm, I'm, there's, uh, there's nothing I can do there. That situation does not exist. Do you understand that this morning? There is no situation where God stands and scratches his head and says, I never saw that one coming. He doesn't do that. God sees every angle and sees everything. And there's nothing that he wakes up and, well, he doesn't go to sleep. But there's nothing that he says and goes, wow, I never saw that one coming. Nothing surprises him. You know, I think, you know, do you like to scare people? I love to scare people. I like to be scared. I think it's funny when people are scared, you know. Joe Freeman is really bad. He'll drive by the church sometimes and stop. And Tony Foster, Tony Foster's the worst. He'll get me sitting at my desk and I'll be facing away and he'll just pound on the window, just bang, 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 and blah, you know. That's funny. Even if it's you, it's funny. You know that you never can sneak up on God? You're never going to surprise him. He knows all things. You come up behind him with a pair of symbols. He'd be like, I knew you were coming. God is never surprised by any of this stuff, okay? Because you can't surprise God. And so, and so we, and he's never going to get to this place where, where he says that I, I didn't know what was going to happen. And there's never a situation that is just too difficult. But that's how we live sometimes. We, we, in our minds, we look at the things that are going on in our lives and we think, there's no way this is ever going to be right. There's no way that God can prevail in this. We, we focus on the problem and, and we forget 
about the power of God. The children of Israel had forgotten about God's power because they were so focused on the problem. And it's easy to do. It might be that we as a church uh, are a little bit like that. I mean, I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm a little bit right there, right now. The Lord has called us and, and spoken, and uh, we believe that we're to start this church. And I'm going to tell you, there's some problems to that. There's some things, some issues there where you're trying to figure out. And, and people come to me all the time and they say, Pastor, you know, you know, they're always good to, they're always good to help, help remind you of the problems. I love you guys. You're so awesome. You never let me forget the problems. You're so helpful. But people, I mean, people are, I mean, this is what's on your heart. This is what's on my heart. I think about these things. It's okay to talk about them. We're the church. We're the family. We don't have to like, oh, well, I guess we can't talk. We can talk about this, you know. People come and they say, well, you know, pastor, how many people do you think are going to go to the new church? I don't know. Well, why don't you know? I don't know. Because I'm not the one that decides. I don't get to decide. That would be kind of fun sometimes. You are gone, okay? You know, we don't want to be like that. That's not how we are. You know what? You know what? I think God's probably better at that. I think God's probably better at choosing than me. Because, you know, he knows everything. And I don't know much of anything. And so I just let God do that. You know, but we have those questions because that's a problem to us, isn't it? Why? Because we like going to church with our friends, don't we? That's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. But we see, now how are we going to do that? Who's going to go? And, 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 and how, what will they do? This is, this is a good one. You know, Pastor, when those people go, they're probably going to take their tithes with them. Yeah, I hope so. That's what they're supposed to do. And so here's the, here's the next problem. How are we going to pay for everything? This is my favorite one. This is my favorite one. You know we have a new building. <laughs> no, I forgot all about that one. Oh. How are we? <laughs> yeah, I figured, you know, yeah, I know that. I'm aware of that. You know? How are we going to do that? I don't know. I don't know. That's a problem. It is. That's a problem. And you know what? If I let that stuff stew on me, and I'm just going to tell you, sometimes it does. I'm like, oh, oh. I'm being honest with you. I walk the walk with you, okay? Sometimes the problem kind of bears me down. But I'm going to tell you what, I got I to trust in the power of God. I got to trust in the power of God. And these are the problems. And here's what I do know. They had church at the Marshfield Church of the Nazarene over there where that building used to stand probably long before any of us got here. There's not very many that went to church over there. There's a few of us, but not very many. And some of them weren't there at the very first. They had church without us. And it survived. We'll have church without whoever goes. And we'll survive. And they'll have church without us. And you know what? They'll still have it. And it'll be great. They're having church over at the First Baptist right now. And you go, well, they're not having church like we're having a church at. Bless God. 
Yeah, they are. And people are getting saved, and the same Holy Spirit's speaking over there and speaking over the assembly. You know, they're going to have church every week without us, and they're doing all right, okay? We don't all have to be together. God didn't say, no, Mary and Tim and Jim all have to be together before I'm going to show up. No, he just says two or three. So we'll be all right. But we have to get to the place, and I have to, and folks, I'm telling you, this sermon is for me, all right? It is just for me, and maybe it's for you, but it was for me. We cannot focus on the problem. We have to focus on the power, because really the problem is rarely the problem. The Israelites' problem was not the size of the people in the land of Canaan. That wasn't their problem. The problem was the size of their faith. This is a quote that I came up with about five o'clock this morning. And this is a really good quote. If I just even and somebody else has probably said it. But it was new to me. It's this is worth writing down. They had more faith in the problem than in the power of God. You say, well, how can you have faith in a problem? How can you have faith in a problem? That's dumb. If you believe that your problem is so big that God can't overcome it, then you have more faith in your problem than you do in God. That'll preach. That'll preach. That's, that's, I'm not going to, that's good. That is really, I'm just telling you, that's good. I wrote that down and I thought, man, that's good. Where'd that come from? That's the Holy Spirit, you know? I got more faith, in that, but it's the truth. I got more faith in my problem than I do in, in the power of God. And when Israel got to this place, they said, oh, I wish we could go back. And, and why? They want to go back where it's familiar. I, 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 can, I can deal with this. I, I, just can't, I just can't deal with all this, all this new stuff. I can't, I can't deal with, it, with, with having to fight and, 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 and I'm going to have to own my own place and then I'm going to have to be responsible for my own home and I'm, going to, I'm just going to go back where it was familiar because I didn't have to worry about anything there. I just had to get up in the morning and be a slave all day and they made sure I had food and I didn't have to worry about any of this stuff and I don't want to, I don't want to worry about this. Do you know that there are all kinds of churches around the country who don't have enough faith to have a problem. Do you know why we have a problem? Because we got enough faith to have a problem. Because God's stretching us to someplace else outside the familiar. They never had to worry back here, but God stretched them and said, I got something new for you. If, we don't, if you don't have problems, you're probably not got much faith in your life. God's not stretching you. You understand? Does that make any sense to you? There's, they, they, there's lots of churches that aren't growing. They're not trying to find workers. They're not giving people to another church because they want to hold on to all of them. They don't want to be stretched. We like it just the way it is. We're, we're going to stay the way it is. And I'm not saying that that's not what God has for some churches, but that's not what God has called us to. God has said, I've got something different for you. I've got a, a different way of thinking for you. I've got a place that where you take and, and you start churches. And we take the best people you have and we take them somewhere else. Well, that hurts. I'd like to have, I, I love those people that went to Stratford. I love them. And I love the ones that are going to go to the well. And it'd just be nicer if we just all just stay in Egypt. Egypt. 
<laughs> we just stay together. But God says, that's not what I've called you to. I've called you to something else. And it's going to make some problems in your life. But if you don't have problems, you don't have any faith. God's not stretching you. And I would rather be a place where I'm being stretched by God and growing with God than just sitting in an old stale place and nothing ever happening. I'd rather be stretched in the hard wilderness than staying in Egypt in slavery and nothing happening. Now, do I enjoy it all the time? No. You say, Pastor, are you just happy all the time? No. Cindy, am I happy all the time? No. I stay in some low spots. Don't I, Cindy? And for me to stand in front of you today and lead the charge of we have bigger faith than we have, you know, in the problem. More, more. I'm going to tell you what. There are some days that I got more faith in the problem than I do in the power. I'm being dead honest with you. Some days the problems just feel like they overwhelm me. And I got to crawl my way out. And I'm just talking about me. And this morning I've talked about the church, but the truth of the matter is some of you probably have some problems in your own homes. Maybe in your own lives. That you believe that the power of that problem is more than the power. You've got something going on in your family. You might have a family member that you wish you could change and that they would follow God. But they have been that way so long that it's easier to have faith in the problem than it is to have faith in the power of God to change because you've seen the power of the problem so long that it seems impossible that the power of God could overcome it to where you have more faith in the problem than you do in the power. It's easy to get there. Or maybe you, in your own heart, you have a sin or a habit or a desire that you just can't believe that God could deliver you from. The pull of that is so strong, the desire is so powerful that you have more faith in the power of that sin than you do in the power of Jesus' blood to overcome it. Do you understand that? That sounds terrible, doesn't it? But that's the truth. If you have something in your life that you think that I cannot let go of this, I, I will never have uh, uh, I will never have freedom from this. Then, literally, this is what you're saying: that this problem, I have more faith that that this problem is stronger than God's power over it. You have more faith in the problem than you do the power of God. You say, that's a terrible thing to say. We have to say it and we have to acknowledge it before we're ever going to get help to get through it. 
the Israelites were saying, man can defeat God. That was foolish. But yet we say that sin can overpower the power of the Holy Spirit, and that's foolish too. I'm asking you this morning, do you have more faith in the problem than you do in the power of God? More faith in the bad than in the power of God that can overcome? I'm going to tell you where I am right now in the world that we live in. My wife sits, and she probably should be quiet, but she sits and reads me things on the Facebook. And this morning, I think James, uh, John Halstead came in and told me about something that he saw on the news. Don't do that, John. What's wrong with you? You know, just trying to stay informed. And I know none of this happens to you. I know, I know none of you this ever happens to. But I look around and I think, man, it just seems like sin's just piling up and it's just getting darker and darker and darker. I'm going to tell you where I'm at. Sometimes that pushes in on me. And I think more about the problem than I do about the power. I'm just being honest with you as your pastor. I know that never happens to any of you. But that happens to me. And I kind of get overwhelmed. This morning in my chair, in my living room, I began to pray that God would deliver me. That I would not have more faith in the problem. See, I, sometimes, and, and part of it's because of where I live and what happens in my life and people come and sit in my office and tell me things and I'm like, How we ever, how's God ever going to get over through that? And you tell me about the things that go on in your family and your kids and we see things and we're like, and we, and we pray with you and, and sometimes we see change but sometimes we don't see change and we continue to pray and continue to pray. I'm just being honest with you this morning. We don't see any change and it looks like that the power of the problem has more power than God. And we pray for our country and we pray that God would come and move upon our country and then... Decisions come down from the Supreme Court and it looks like the power of the problem is more powerful than the power of God. I'm just being honest with you. I'm just sharing you where I'm at. And if you're not careful, you get pushed down in that and you forget and you have more faith in the problem than you do in the power of God. And that's not what God has called us to God has called us to have the faith that Joshua and Caleb had and said, hey, look, I know it looks bad and I don't know what's going to happen, but God said we're going on and we're going to do it. And I don't know what's happening in the lives of your family or anything like that, but God has power to overcome the sin in your family's life. And some of you may be dealing with habits or, or some sort of uh, something that's going on in your life or a sin that you just cannot get rid of. God, there is no sin that God looks at and says, I can't help you with that. That is not biblical. And God does not look at, at any marriage and say, well, there, there's just, they've just gone too far. There's no way that I can, can, there's no way that I can repair that. 
God does not do that. And God does not look at a church that says, okay, we're going to send part of our people up to here, and and there's going to be some some change in that, and and it's going to look different, and uh, there's going to be less money here, and there's going to be less people and less workers. And and, and God doesn't look at that and say, oh, I thought that was a good idea, but I may have been wrong on that one. God doesn't do that. God is with us. And God will not leave us. And his power is enough to get us through no matter which one of those scenarios you fit into. Do you have more faith in your problem than you do in the power of God this morning? I want us to stand. Missy, Sammy, are you singing? Whoever's singing, come. I don't know whether I ought to tell you everything that I think. But I'm telling you what I prayed this morning and what God showed me. Sometimes I get discouraged because I just look around and I think, good grief, what's going on? God spoke to me this morning in my living room while I was doing this. And he said, Brian, you've got more faith in man's desire to sin than you do in my power to come in and convict them and change their hearts. That's what he said to me. And it's easy to believe that men can sin, isn't it? That's an easy one. I mean, just look around. I'm like, God, have you, have you, have you read the paper this morning? He's like, I see everything. I know that. But he said, Brian, this is what you're saying. This is what you're saying, that, that the power of the Holy Spirit, I, that, that I don't have enough power to convict and come into someone's sorry heart and say, you're a sinner. He said, I did it to you. Can't I do that to someone else? Oh. Yeah. I don't know what you're dealing with or who you're dealing with or what's going on in your life but this morning do not have more faith in your problem do not think that your problem has more power than the power of God and we're just going to open up the altars and if you need to pray this morning just come and pray and let the Lord renew your faith this is what I've been praying for this morning I've been praying Lord renew my faith in your power Renew my faith. I'm telling you, this morning I'm standing before you with some new faith this morning. I was like, yes, yes. God's Holy Spirit is able to come and convict and change hearts. He changed my hearts. I started naming off people in my church that I'd seen God come in and change their hearts. Well, if he can do that for them, he can do that for everybody. And if he's speaking to you this morning, then come and pray as we sing. Just as I am without one plea.